Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield mad skills, Lottie Dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the bar, then watch out for the kids, EVT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as always, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing on this Thursday afternoon, uh, late afternoon, early evening? God, it's evening now it's literally nine o'clock i don't know, nine, what, time really o'clock I don't know what time it is <laughs> it's nine o'clock it's thir- hey i got thursday right okay and, hey, give me some credit he knows what day it is but he's not sure what part of the day i think we'll, no, we'll consider it, that a win i've been coming and going and and coming and going and going and coming uh we are about one week away from san diego padres real baseball not not the spring training stuff that we all kind of just have to sit through and watch but real baseball the stats are going to be real. The stats are going to count. All the analytics analytics is going to start to be totaled up. Uh, it's an exciting time to be a Padre fan, isn't it, Patrick? Yeah, man. We can uh, we can finally see how this team is going to fare in real live baseball. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it is definitely going to be fun. Uh, and joining us on the show today, we have Jeff Young, uh, the blog father for those of you that uh, know about Padres Twitter. Uh, Jeff is very educated in the Padres system, has been for a long time, is well, uh, well-rounded writer. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing great, guys. How are you? We are doing excellent. Uh, gosh, the anticipation, right? I mean, we're about a week away from, from real baseball. It's a... It's uh, 2018 is going to be a, a pretty exciting time for Padre fans, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, no doubt. A lot of good young yeah. talent. See what happens. Yeah, definitely. Uh, first off, before we start getting into this team, I'd love to hear your thoughts on some of the off-season moves, uh, in particular the Eric Hosmer situation. Uh, I never really heard anything or talked to you when all this came about. Patrick and I were were really adamantly against bringing in Hosmer. But in the end, with the contract and being front loaded, we're 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 like, hey, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess we're kind of just content with with what uh, happened. But give me your thoughts on Hosmer and uh, the Padres situation. Yeah, um, I mean, I think overall, you're that, that I'd agree with that assessment that um, the the contract per se isn't isn't really bad. Um, it's just a little bit strange that the one move they made was to go out and get a big name first baseman. Um, when they already had a pretty darn good first baseman, uh, so you know it's a little bit it's a little bit strange. Um, seems to me the allocation of resources could have been uh, better utilized to address something else, like you know middle infield or most glaringly starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess I can see where they're coming from. Uh, it, it didn't strike me as the best. Again, not the best use of resources, but like you say, it's with the with the front loading. It's not it's not a horrible contract in a vacuum. It just I just don't think it was necessarily the best thing for this particular team to do at this particular time. Yeah, well, I mean, if anything, AJ Preller has has done well at keeping us all on our toes because right when we think we have something figured out, he he does the exact opposite and and, and he did it again. Um, <laughs> Twenty one million for Hosmer per year for five years. I mean, it's borderline excessive but you know give me your thoughts on, on the locker room presence he provides and, and the intangibles that, that we speak about and whether or not you believe in that in that sort of uh, jazz well I do believe in that sort of thing um, I don't you know of course being intangible it's hard to quantify if not impossible yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what intangible means <laughs> so yeah, exactly. um, but uh, but you know I mean I, I thought we saw really good examples of that in the past with you know, I, I'm thinking back a few years to like David Eckstein, who was one of my all-time favorite Padres, and uh-huh. uh, who, I th- who I think brought a lot to the table uh, above and beyond what what showed in the stats. Uh, but again, that be- that being said, and I and I'm 
I don't know Hosmer personally. I don't, you know, I'm not super close to the situation, but everything I've heard indicates that he's a real good clubhouse presence that way. Mm-hmm. However, I would say that the difference between paying somebody like an Eckstein to be kind of, um, you know, be that sort of presence, but not be counted on also to be a, a huge part of your uh, offense and your, you, you know, not so much with the on-field. I guess what I'm really trying to say is, yeah, I'm all for having a guy like that, but maybe not paying top dollar for production and then expecting more of the intangible stuff. To, I, I'm, I'm wording this really badly, but... No, I, I mean, I hear you, because usually the the rah-rah, cheerleading, clubhouse type of guy isn't the highest-paid player on the team. He's not the guy who's expected to perform day in and day out and carry the team. He's usually kind of a second, third-tier player. Right. So, you know, I understand that, and I have been in the locker room recently. I have seen him interact with teammates and with the younger players and the swagger that he brings to this team. A lot of these young guys are really excited just to have him in the locker room. So I don't know if what that necessarily brings to their game. I guess we'll just have to wait and see once you know once opening day starts and once that first pitch is is, is made. Yeah, I mean, I suspect it will make a difference. I just again, it's it's hard to know how much, and you know, some people put probably too much stock into that, and some people definitely don't put enough into it. So, um, like you say, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one other off-season move that I'd love to hit you about is the De Los Santos trade, the Galvez for De Los Santos trade. Um, you know, I hate beating a dead horse, but you know, I never had the opportunity to talk to you about this. Um, you know, I'm all for trusting the process. I'm all for building this farm system and letting the players develop, but in this extreme case, the, the team really needed a shortstop, and and I hate to bring up the, the intangibles and the clubhouse presence that, that Galvez has, but he does have that, so Give me your thoughts initially on this trade and whether or not you think this was a, a good move for a team that's kind of building for the future. Um, I think it's a pretty neutral move, honestly. Um, De Los Santos is a nice arm, but, uh, you know, certainly comes with risk. Um, mm-hmm. Galvis, you know, he's he's an okay, he's a decent shortstop. I mean, he's a decent major league shortstop. He's not going to blow you away, but he's not going to be a black hole, um, which, unfortunately, you've had far too much experience with that at shortstop yeah. in the past. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, I think he'll be able to hold his own out there. And, um, you know, if you're looking at that as a stopgap measure, which I know it seems like we've had a series of stopgap measures at short since probably, probably since Khalil was here. Um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> going back that far, it's, it's just been, you know, a revolving door. But I'm thinking with guys like uh, Urias and, and um, Tatis down on the farm, it, you know, chances are, well, he said hopefully one of those guys will stick at shortstop. And, um, you know, then we won't have that problem for another 10 years. <laughs> yeah, we can only hope, right? It's, yeah. it's a nice thought. I mean, it's it's March, you know, let me have this, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, uh, that that's the ideal here, but we, we've been waiting for this for how many years now? So it's I guess we'll have to while. see. <laughs> yeah, um, as someone who's uh, still irrationally upset about the uh, De Los Santos trade, um, I, I'm excited <laughs> to see how, how Galvis uh, plays and if he uh, can uh, make, make, I guess, shortstop watchable this year at least somewhat. I mean, at least in the field. I mean, he's going to be a good defender either way. So uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing that. Um, one guy I wanted to talk about, we were talking about leadership a bit. Um I wanted to kind of talk about Will Myers and kind of where you see him at this point in his career now that he's no longer going to be, I guess, the guy. At least that, that's kind of where, what he, where he was before, at least maybe irrationally in some fans' eyes, he was going to be like that that face of the franchise. And now it seems like he's been pushed aside to an extent in favor of Eric Hosmer. And I think that's something that he seemingly wanted. I mean, it seemed like he didn't really want to have the mantle of kind of team leader. So I wanted your thoughts on how you see him fitting in with Hosmer and if this is going to be kind of a, a, a big year for Myers because that pressure is maybe off him a little bit. Yeah, it's it's always hard to say how somebody's going to respond to something like that. Um, I mean, yeah, you could definitely make the argument that having a little bit of that pressure, pressure removed uh, might free him up to focus on his actual game. Um, I, I You know, I don't know. Every individual is different, but... Um, 
I, I honestly, I think the greater challenge is going to be having him back in the outfield. Um, that's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, you know, I mean, again, it could be, it's, it's easy to forget how young Myers still is. Cause he's been, uh, even before he came here, he's been involved in some high profile trades and he was such a huge prospect back seemingly forever ago, but you know, he's been on a radar. He's been on in public consciousness for such a long time. And, um, it is possible that there's still a higher level that he has yet to attain. Um, it, it seems increasingly unlikely with each passing year, but it's not like he's old. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe, again, we're, as long as we're wish casting here, maybe the presence of Hosmer does take some of that pressure off of Myers and allows him to just, you know, let it go and, and do his thing. Um, that's me being hopeful. Yeah, I think I'm definitely right there with you, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. It seems like Myers has been around for for ages at this point. He's only, I think, turning 28 this year. Yeah, he's 27 currently. Um, and it's crazy to think he used to be a royal. I mean, you kind of forget that that trade ever happened. But I mean, you, you think, yeah, he's from the Rays and they drafted him. But yeah, I mean, he's this is now his third team, and it's just it's crazy to think he's been around. I mean, he debuted, I think, what five years ago now. So yeah, Myers is a guy who I think. I feel like in a way that that prospect kind of pedigree is always going to follow him and we're always going to expect more from him until he has that kind of that monster season. I know a few years back when he was finally healthy, he kind of had that big year and we all we all thought, you know, this was the guy. And then it, it seems like it took a 180 in, in less than a year. And now here we are probably about two years later, year and a half later. And it really, it, yeah, it's going to be curious to see how he performs in the outfield and how he meshes with this new lineup with, with Hosmer kind of as that guy and, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe having that pressure off uh, can can help him out. Uh, James, kind of, what do you, what do you think on that? Uh, I know we've probably talked about this a few times before, but what, what do you think about how Myers fits in with Hosmer at this point? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's a great it's a great addition because Myers, quite frankly, didn't want the the leadership role. I mean, he's made that pretty much vocal. He's he's pretty much let the media know that, and and I mean, he's just an easygoing kind of guy. He just wants to go out there and, and kind of just play the game and not necessarily have players emulate the way he plays. Um, Jeff, I'm curious, where do you think Myers and Hosmer will hit in the lineup uh, most of the time? Uh, obviously, third and fourth, you see them switching up depending on the pitchers? Or, uh, that would be my see? guess. Okay, okay. Yeah, that would be my guess, you know, like depending on, you know, I don't know if it would be a straight left-right thing or if it would be kind of matchups. Probably more likely than not, it would be matchup determined. Um, and, uh, you know, it, my guess is that they will start. We'll, we'll maybe see some adjustments during the season as well. Um, sure. You know, depending on who's feeling comfortable where and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, Andy Green has definitely already shown that he's got a propensity to be creative with the lineup. So we'll have to right. we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it's nice to have a lefty righty legitimate middle of the order. I, I will say that that Hosmer does provide that. Uh, the team did need a left-handed presence in the Miller lineup. I had been saying that for a long time, so I definitely agree with that. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how everything falls in. Uh, Patrick, uh, anything else uh, in in regards to the Myers-Hosmer with uh, Jeff before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we pretty much said it all. I mean, we all got to hope that Myers puts together a better season than last year. I mean, I know he hit a lot of home runs, but I think he definitely left a lot to be desired at the plate, and I think the big thing is going to be it's going to be interesting to see how his defense kind of fits in with him being in the outfield, and I think it still kind of remains to be seen whether he's in left or right, and um, I think that's going to also be another dynamic is how he how he fares if it's a new position in left or if he's back in right field where he played in Tampa Bay uh, back in the day. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, he's going to be I, frustrating to watch for sure. I think at, at moments he's going to be frustrating to watch. In the, I mean, in the yeah, Margot's Margot's fun to watch in center. So I mean, the corners might be a little bit of an adventure with Myers and Renfro. So, uh. <laughs> well, yeah. It, okay. Incidentally, I was at spring training last week and I heard a conversation take place between uh, Myers and Skip Schumacher uh, in regards to Margot and his range in center field, and they were talking about Myers being more aggressive and allowing. Margot to call him off and to basically shoot the gaps as hard as he could from either side, right or left, depending on where he's playing, and basically allow Margot to call him off rather than to kind of ease in there and 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 just kind of assume that the center fielder is going to get the job. So we'll have to wait and see. 
it's a work <laughs> in progress. He has got over a year and a half, two years experience at first base. That's a whole different position, a position that he never played before. He's crammed like hell to, in order to play that position. So, you know, it's people think it's just you know go back to the outfield. It's easy, you know, whatever. But we'll have to wait and see what uh, what Mister Myers has with the glove uh, for the 2018 season. Uh, Jeff, let's move on to some positive positive <laughs> notes. Uh, Joey Lucchese has just been awesome this spring training. There's talks about maybe trying to sneak him into the five spot depending on what they do with Perdomo and Ross or, or even Lament. Um, give me your thoughts on that young left-handed pitcher who's kind of, uh, you know, everyone wanted to talk about Quantrill, everyone wanted to talk about Lauer, everyone wants to talk about Knicks, but Lucchese's just consistently outpitched them. I know he's a little bit older than them. Uh, give me your thoughts on the young left-hander. Yeah, I mean, there's not massive upside there, but uh, on the other hand, there doesn't have to be. He's kind of he's kind of where he needs to be. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think he's in an ideal situation, certainly with this organization. Um, but at, at this particular point in time, with their, um, uh, I don't. There's no polite way to put it, but they can use some starting pitching. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so uh, you know, he's here to help. Um, yeah. You know, if he doesn't. If he doesn't break with the club right out of spring training, uh, given the guys ahead of him and just the general nature of pitchers, uh, I would expect that we would see him up at some point, uh, you know, whether it be at the beginning of the season or in the middle of the season or however it shakes out. But I, I imagine he'll he'll make an impact in some way with this team this year. And, you know, the thing is, when you say somebody, oh, he's not, he doesn't have a huge upside he doesn't have a high ceiling or anything like that you know it's all uh that may be true but at the same time you get a guy into a situation and you never know what what's going to happen and you know he comes he comes out there and maybe really takes hold of it and shows us something that we didn't that people didn't know he had so um Mm -hmm. you know you give a guy an opportunity and things can happen exactly and and he's running with it i mean his his fastball it does play up in, in in the big leagues it's amazing how you know, I, I know he's herky jerky, and, and sometimes it, it takes a little bit of time for a, a, a hitter to adjust to that and, and see him a number of times. And I'm sure there'll be adjustments made with, within the, the the whole rivalry or the whole competition between the hitter and batter. But his fastball gets on major league hitters quickly, and you see a lot of bad swings from him, even even at a young age. And, and he spots it very well and has good control of his off speed stuff. Uh, I'm impressed with what I see in the young man. Lauer's another one who's been very impressive. And, and, you know, we should see both of them at some point in 2018 in the rotation. I mean, it's a long year. Richard, uh, Mitchell, even, I mean, they're, they're, it's it's tough to go 200 innings, 30-plus starts a year in, in this day and age. So they'll be given opportunities. Uh, it's just I'm excited for the for the future of these young men. It's the the next wave of uh, prospects, if you will, hitting uh, hitting Peco. Yeah, for sure, they'll they'll get their chances. And like you say, um, you know, if they can if they can establish and maintain their command like that at the big league level, um, you know, good things can happen. Yeah, and I, mean, I think, and you also have to factor in a little bit with the Darren Ballsy factor, I think, because these guys never really had an opportunity to work with him on a consistent basis or daily basis. And uh, I talked to Eric Lauer last week and he was telling me that Balsley worked with him on a new slider grip, which he's been featuring in uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, basically a cutter grip or a hard cutter that he's throwing now. You, you, you got to figure that being able to work with someone like that is also going to take these guys to the next level. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It, it, I love the way the Padres have staggered this this farm system and, and these young players to be mentored and to be given the opportunity to compete. I mean, Tatis at at eighteen, giving getting major league at bats against major league quality pitchers that that's that's yeah. something that, that that's only going to bode for his future, basically. Yeah, for sure, it's a great opportunity. Um, so I want to talk about um, I think. Maybe some fans' least favorite topic, but uh, Chase Headley, you know, he's he's back in town. Uh, <laughs> I think we should go there a little bit. Um, obviously, he was maybe a guy that most people liked, and then he was the guy that most people didn't like, and now we're just kind of here. So I wonder your thoughts on uh, what, what you see out of Chase Headley now, um, kind of how you feel about him on the back on the team after all these years, and kind of where you think he fits in with his team this year. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> you know, it's been a while since I've watched him play. So, um, 
you know, the last I remember he was he had that one great year and then he was kind of back to his old tricks and then he I guess he did more of that in New York. This is this is me stalling for time while I try and think of a good answer. Uh, it's a tough topic. Uh, I, he he gets he gets on base. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I just it's hard to get it's hard to get too excited about it one way or another. You know, no, I, yeah. I sort of I sort of feel like that with actually the whole offense, other than Hosmer. I mean, not the whole offense, but the whole infield other than Hosmer. I, I look at the rest of those guys and go, yeah, that's a guy. Yeah, that's another guy. okay. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of, you know, for nostalgia. That's a guy I watched play when he was at Elsinore. So it's for nostalgia purposes, it's kind of fun to have a guy like that back in the organization. But uh, production wise, I don't know. I mean, I think we, we got his one good year. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. kind of how I felt when it happened. I was like, well, there was his year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, more like two or three months, too. It wasn't yeah, really simple. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good half a year. Um, yeah. I kind of want your thoughts on a, another guy kind of vying for that third base job or maybe at least some third base time. Christian uh, Villanueva, who, I mean, at this point, I've heard reports saying that he's going to make the roster. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how those two kind of jockey for playing time. And I uh, mean, Villanueva's mentioned how he, he was taking reps at short and he was taking reps at second and he can back up at first so I, I think it's important to see him kind of having that versatility or at least trying to have that versatility because maybe you don't think of him as like a middle infielder but um, he's, yeah. he's doing it I guess so I wonder your thoughts wow. on him and if you if you see him getting a lot of playing time if he's a guy who can have a, have a successful season uh, first real chance that they get a big league job yeah middle infield that's interesting i hadn't um that's i'm trying to visualize that but okay um yeah i mean i mean good for him that's great um yeah i mean the, the, there's some offensive upside there um you know i could definitely see him working into some playing time um if if headley is who we think he is and i'm pretty sure he is um you know he'll he'll, he'll be fine but i mean i i would imagine uh that Villanueva is going to get his opportunities and, you know, if it would be fun to see him get an extended shot to see what he can do. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's one of those, again, it's one of those things where you could sort of see that opportunity possibly presenting itself at yeah. some point during the season. You don't know when, you don't know what the circumstances will be, but, um, you know, and if he, if he wedges in there and, and takes hold of it again, that, that could turn into something. Yeah, I mean, I used this analogy last time with Patrick. I, I used the George Arias comparison. Not that I'm going to say Villanueva is going to be George Arias, but you gotta you gotta put them out there and see what they got in order to to get a fair assessment of their value. And it, it, it at his age and his pedigree and and the way he's performed and the way he's doing everything the teams ask, it's it's a time to give him consistent at bats and and make a determination whether or not he's a piece of the future or not. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's really nothing left for him to do anywhere else um he's yeah this is this is his time um and you know what capacity that is uh now and going forward remains to be seen um obviously headley is in front of him for the moment but that uh, that's that's just a, a single point in time and it does that's that's not an immutable fact. I mean, that can change and that probably will change at some point. So mm -hmm. yeah, it wouldn't shock me to see him get a, get an extended shot at some point. We'll have to wait and see in that regard for sure. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, Tyson Ross and Chris Young being uh, added to this team on, on minor league deals uh, to begin the spring. Both are still with the team. Uh, Ross looks like has a decent chance of making the team. Young's probably on the outside looking in maybe a, a long relief role. Uh, give me your thoughts on both men and, and whether or not this was a bad PR move or, or just kind of recycling old Padres or if you think that both men can actually provide quality to this team moving forward. I, I think it's kind of fun to bring those guys in. Um, I think in the case of Ross, he's still young enough. And, I mean, that's a tough injury, but, you know, if he – yeah, he he could possibly – if he's if he's healthy and he can – come back to even anywhere near what he was before, then that's a huge uh, shot in the arm, so to speak. Um, you know, there, there may be something left in the tank there. See why I kind of, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's pretty long in the tooth and he's, he hasn't been real effective um, in a while. Um, but, you know, I, I look at that move and I, I honestly, the first thought I had, and maybe it's a little bit cynical, but the first thought I had when I saw they brought him in was, 
I wonder if he's going to be another one of those guys that they end up sticking in the front office somewhere. Not that I'd mind because he's a super smart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just wondered if there was maybe a, a post-playing uh, career possibility in mind with with that signing. I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm just this is pure idle speculation on my part. But I, I look at it because from a, the the reason I go there is because when I look at when I look at what he's produced in the recent past and you know his extensive injury history and so forth, I, I just I don't know that there's a whole lot he's going to bring to this team or really any other big league team at this point. Um, I, I'd love to see it happen, but because I because I, I I was such a huge fan of his when he was here the first time, and um, but. Realistically, I'm I'm afraid his uh, his playing days may be coming to an end. Yeah, no, I mean we all we all love to 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 think about the the glory days of, of Chris Young, but you know since we're being nostalgic, you know I was surprised that this team never put a flyer on Jake Peavy. I know Jake Peavy had expressed interest to in pitching. Guy uh, was he three, four, five wins away from from the from the uh, club record and wins uh, franchise record and wins. You know, if you want to be nostalgic, you want to bring some fans out of the out of the woodworks to kind of root for the team. I, I'm surprised that he never got a, a flyer by anybody. It looks like his major league career is over at this point. But I, I don't know. Your thoughts on Jake Peavy? Just just uh, just off the top of my head. I, it would have been fun. I mean, I you know I always obviously again going back to Elsinore with him as well. I mean, he's yeah. always been a pleasure to watch. Um, and and listen to frankly, <laughs> um, uh, but you know, um, yeah, it just it sort of sounds like uh, there's a lot going on in his life that maybe uh, maybe distractions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm I'm not sure how much of a priority baseball is at this point. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, it, it's tough though. It's it's. I mean, there's some legit major leaguers that performed last season that are currently looking for work. So, oh yeah, it, you know the the nature of the game is changed by far for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's an ever evolving sport. That's for sure. All right, enough about uh, former Padres or guys that <laughs> might still be Padres again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jeff, I'm curious as as to who you're most excited to watch this year. I mean. A lot of young guys, some veteran guys. Uh, who's the one guy that, that's probably going to make the opening day roster that you're most excited to kind of see what they have uh, this year? Probably Hedges. Um, I, I, I'm, I am a believer that the the offense is going to come around just because he he just works so hard. Um, and, you know, not that hard work is the only thing that's going to get you there. Obviously, you've got to have talent, and I think he has that as well. Um, but he's he spent so much time establishing himself as a as a major not just a major league defensive catcher but one of the elite major league defensive catchers and um, with that kind of under his belt uh, you know maybe maybe now is the time he can start focusing more on the other aspects of his game and uh, and take a step forward in that in that aspect so um, I'm again I'm being hopeful on that but uh, I I'm encouraged by what what he's been doing so far this spring and and um, I'm, I'm excited to see his continued progression as a major league ball player on both sides of the ball. I mean, this might be kind of a loaded question, but uh, in terms of him progressing as an offensive player, what do you think would have to be his, I mean, you can use whatever offensive stat you want, but what would have to be his kind of threshold to be a, a productive offensive player in your mind? Um, I, you know, it's going to probably be a low batting average. Um, I, I, I honestly, I look at maybe this. This is sort of a weird way to put it because I, I know people have mixed feelings about this guy. But I, I feel like if you take him and he's a Gold Glove level catcher, and you put Nick Hundley's offense on that, that's an All Star. Yeah. Um. You know. So I mean, I'm looking at maybe a two forty, two fifty batting average. But if you can, if you can just get enough of those um, secondaries. You know, if you can if you can make that a 400 slugging percentage and a 320 on base or something like that, that's and that's that's a low baseline. I mean, I, I think there, it could possibly go a little bit higher than that as well. But I'm just thinking if you can get into like if you can be Hundley with Gold Glove defense, you're, that's that's a darn good ball player. Um, I'd be pretty pretty pleased with that. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, with, with the defense, what it is, and if he can hit like yeah, two forty, two fifty with twenty five home runs and yeah. get on base at a decent clip, I mean, yeah, that that's an all star caliber player. And if he's providing a bunch of value um, behind the plate, then I mean, you can accept that. I think so. I, I'm I'm definitely with you on that. Um, another guy I kind of want to talk about um, is Brad Hand. I mean. We all thought he was going to be gone at this point, and here we are. He's he's signed a contract extension, and I mean, I know it's it's hard to say like, oh, we all thought he'd be gone, but I mean, with with the, that kind of with that kind of player, an, an elite reliever, that's not a guy that you really see uh, losing teams holding on to. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens with him. I mean, do you think they actually keep him long term, or do you think he's still a trade piece if someone comes calling uh, here in June or July? Oh, I think he'll very much be in play. Um... I mean, it's it, that. That's kind of the beautiful thing about that contract. I mean, it's there was really no downside. As as much as I'm not really into, you know, go out especially for a team that, where the Padres are like, oh yeah, really, you know, go ahead and pay that closer. But it's like, you know, that's that was a pretty good deal, mm-hmm. and um, it's it, it will either be a good deal for the Padres, or they can turn that into something else, and. Um, you know, it's he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of appeal to contending teams if the Padres aren't one of them themselves. So um, yeah, I don't. I think I think that's a win-win for him, really. Yeah, well, Hand has got value. You got to figure when when push comes to shove, and, and teams are looking for a left-handed reliever to be able to be used in multiple positions or multiple spots in, in, in a in a major league game. It probably number is going to be. Uh, going to be blowing up so uh we'll just have to wait and see i mean the, the bullpen is situated pretty pretty fairly right now uh there's some really good young arms uh Wingenter, wick uh, hansel rodriguez uh, munoz down in the minor league so moving a hand isn't going to be detrimental to, to the success of this team when the, when they get to be competitive so We'll just have to wait and see what uh, what happens in that regard. Um, let's talk some Hunter Renfro right now. That's someone who's kind of an enigma right now. Um, I either see fans that absolutely love him and want him to be given every chance to play because they feel that as soon as the Padres get rid of him, he's going to turn into Jed Jerko and hit 30 home runs a year and, and be an all-star. Um, Patrick and I are kind of... He's the worst. I, I, <laughs> there you I go. Hate him. <laughs> um, we're, we're waiting for him to figure it out. If he can figure it out, I know Andy Green's and the Padres coaches are frustrated with his at bats from time to time. Give me your thoughts on Renfro uh, moving forward. Um. Well, uh, I guess that's the. That was a as... big deep. That was a big deep. <laughs> <run right there>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he's. It's it's tough because. Um, you know, with every year that he doesn't address the weaknesses, it becomes harder and harder to be optimistic about his future. Um, the things he does well, he does really well. Um, he, I mean, I, I know Petco doesn't play quite the same as it did when it opened, but it's still not a real easy hitter's park. And that guy, that guy makes it look tiny. Um, and not a lot of guys do that. Um, you know, the fact that he still hit, what, like 26 home runs last year despite the demotion, mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, that's, that's it's impressive. Um, unfortunately, it comes with like a 280-something on base percentage, uh, <laughs> which just doesn't work. Um, and until he can, you know, get to drawing more than, you know, one walk a week, uh, there, I mean, at some point he's got to have, he's got to be able to keep pitchers from, you know, uh, frankly, abusing him. Uh, he's got to. He's got to make sure that. They, I mean, he, he's got to make sure they. He, he's going after his pitch and not their pitch, and um, you know, not giving away at bats like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm again with each passing year that these things don't get addressed and they don't get resolved. It's. I mean, maybe maybe he can turn it around, but I'm I've got concerns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking to a guy who's going to be talking about a guy who's going to be 27 coming into this year. Uh, you know, the power is there; it's legitimate. But if you're hitting 26 home runs and and you're only driving in 58 runs, then, then something's not right here. You're hitting a lot of solo shots in, in 11 to 1 games when are are abusing left-handed pitchers or whatever the case may be. 
a two eighty four on base percentage is not going to cut it in the major league level. It's just it's just not. It's just that that's just horrible. And then defensively, we saw him slip a little last season. I, I mean, no one had really seen him on an everyday basis, uh, other than people that had watched him in the minor leagues, but his defense left something to be desired. The angles that he took on the balls, the routes, his usage of his his arm, which is a cannon, it was frustrating to watch. Uh, and you got to figure that he's not going to get better with age at things like this. It's only going to get worse. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It just seems that uh, there there are adjustments that need to be made, and they and they don't get made, and and they they haven't, and they it, it, that just seems to be a um, a recurring theme with him, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and, and at some point you got to think the team's going to get frustrated and, and want to move on. Um, do you think that they're potentially trying to package him at this point? Uh, you know, Perella has really established himself and come out of nowhere and become, I mean, quite frankly, he was the best hitter last season for the team. Uh, yeah. You know, if Franchi Cordero still in, in the minor leagues, I mean, if you want to give a right-handed power hit a shot, why not give Fran Reyes a shot uh, in double yeah, and triple and, 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 you know, I mean... I yeah, mean, there's... Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. There, no, there are a lot of. There's tons of internal options. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I. But to, but to answer your question about packaging Renfro in a deal, I, I mean, I, I think in theory that's fine. I'm just, you know, given what we've already said about him as a player right now at this point in time, I'm not sure what kind of return you could expect for him. Yeah, yeah, you know, it it is sort of a it's it's a it, it would be sort of a a sell low situation. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, probably, we don't know if it's going to go higher. You know, no. so and Preller's not the pennies on the dollar kind of trade guy. You know? <laughs> he, he, yeah. he 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 wants top dollar, and he usually trades when when a player's value is high and and picks them up when their value is low. So we'll have to see. There's a lot of interesting questions on this roster that that might be answered in the next seven days and. It, it might take months before they're answered. <laughs> I kind of actually want to gonna go back to Jose Perella for a bit. I mean, I think he's been a hot topic uh, on a few podcasts lately. I know the 5.5 guys talked about him. Um, the Gwintelligence guys talked about him and Renfro. And, I mean, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit because, I mean, I think a lot of people want Renfro to get more of a chance than Perella. But, I mean, for me, like like James said, Perella was, I mean, pretty much the Padres' best hitter last year. And I, it's not like he's some like you know old guy that's been in the league for twenty years. I mean, yeah, he's twenty eight. He's twenty eight years old. So I mean, he's the same age as Hosmer. I mean, he's like a year older than Myers, two years older than Renfro. So I mean, it's not like he's it's not like he's ancient at this point. So I, I'm not really sure why so many people are ready to kind of just throw Perella under the bus and just want they want to give Renfro every chance. And it's like, I mean, Perella showed what he could do last year, and, and Renfro didn't. So I mean. If you have a kind of meritocracy here on the Padres, I mean, you got to give playing time to Perella, no? Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like it's sort of a uh, it's sort of a pedigree versus production issue there, um, where you know Renfro's the former uh, high draft pick with the big reputation, mm-hmm. um, and who who certainly teases it at amazing things, but uh, punctuated by large swaths of frustration and um whereas Perella just goes out there you know not really expected to do a whole lot um and he comes out and like you said he's pretty much leading the charge out there or at least helping lead the charge out there um it's it's hard not to make playing time for a guy like that I I would think I mean yeah he might crash down to earth this year but I mean, what, what's the hurt in letting him try? I mean, like, let the guy fail. I, don't, I just don't yeah, get it. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, how hard would he crash anyway? I mean, is he going to be any worse than, you know, than Renfro was I mean, last I, year? I don't think yeah. so. I mean, he can't be no. worse than Renfro against righties, so, I mean. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, at some point you gotta you got to stop looking at when the guy was drafted and, and start looking at what the job is he's doing out on the field. Yeah, yeah. I think I think another guy that kind of fits that mold, I guess we could talk about, is Corey Spangenberg, another high draft pick. Who, I mean, it seems like the team just does not want to give up on the guy, and I mean, I, I totally get that from that from that standpoint. But he's another guy who's just been he's been more kind of flash over performance, and there's always been hope that he's going to be more. And we waited like years now, and he's it seems like he's either injured or underperforming. And at this point, it's like 
I've told James this plenty of times. I'm almost like sick of it because it's just like I don't know if he's ever going to be the guy that it feels like they want him to be. And I mean, I don't know if I don't know what your thoughts are on Spangenberg. If if you think he's a guy who could kind of turn it on and and become something kind of like Perella, like a, a late bloomer kind of thing. But to me, it just I, seems like he's just kind of there. I don't know. Yeah, I still I, I'm I've been a big Spangenberg fan from pretty much the beginning, and I I I, I feel like it's a shame that the injuries seem to have not only stalled his career but possibly stunted his development. Mm-hmm. Um, and he might not be the guy that they thought he was going to be. Um, I'm, I'm still not quite ready to give up on that, but yeah, it's, it's not looking great. Um, you know, I, but I wonder if he could be sort of a, a more of a role type player, if he can, uh, you know, go back to being a little bit more versatile on, on defense and be sort of a, um, be like an Amarista type, but hopefully with some offense too. Um, um, I, yeah, I'm. I, th- I think the idea of him being uh, like a table setter out there every day, at least against right-handers, is probably that. That seems a little unrealistic at this point in his career. But I, I still hold out some hope that he can he can add value to a major league ball club, um, especially if he if if he can work the versatility angle and, of course, stay healthy. Um, yeah, it, probably probably not what they were expecting, but I think useful. I mean, at this point, I think I might be more upset that, that the Padres could have had George Springer instead of Corey Spangenberg uh, back in that 2011 draft. So maybe I'm more no. uh, scornful about that, but, but let's not no, get too we don't want to. we don't want to play that game as a Padre <laughs> fan because we could be here all night. I mean, we got Nicholson, we got Donovan Tate, we got, I mean, Jeff knows. They go, <laughs> Nicholson, wow. Hadn't thought of yeah, that one in a while. Yeah, there was, oh man, yeah. Padres, uh, Pad- I mean, God bless Kevin Towers, but some of the draft picks he made were just like, wow. I, I mean, I don't know. You know, let, let's talk. Let's talk about the. I mean, let's talk about this farm system. I mean, you you were there in Lake Elsinore days when Peavy and Howl- and Headley were mm-hmm. there. Uh, there were no international talent then. There was no young Dominicans. There were definitely no young Cubans. There were definitely no young Venezuelans. Talk to me about how this team has embraced the Latin culture in the last two or three years. And, and like no other time other than probably the late 80s or early 90s, have they developed a lot of international talent, which has basically flooded their talent pool and, and made them the number one prospect uh, in, in a team in all of baseball. I mean, that's legitimately that's what's done it. I mean, they've had some successful picks and Perler manipulated the system and was able to uh, accumulate those uh, six out of top 85 picks a couple of seasons ago. But the international talent is what really has made this team what it is. So Jeff, give me your thoughts. Where were all these international kids 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Well, yeah, for this, I mean, I th- for this team. Well, you know, they did, I mean, they did make a pretty big push under uh, Sandy Alderson about 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Gosh, whenever that was, we, when they, when they we, built the we academy. We produced Reimer Liriano. That's what we got out of That was about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. But, you know, they built that big facility down there in the Dominican Definitely. Republic. Um, which, you know, maybe, hopefully, I don't know, but maybe that helped lay the groundwork for what what yeah. is now coming along. I, I, I don't know how sure much. It did. I'm sure it did. But you're right. There was a huge gap there, um, where I mean, first of all, not a whole lot came out of that um, in terms of actual talent. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, you got a group there right now that they they look uh, intriguing. Um, they certainly look talented. Um, you know, it's so it's so hard to talk about this stuff because you've got all this um, investment in these young players and. I mean, they're so far away. Yeah, and you just, you know, it's it's like okay, you did you did your job of evaluating the talent and procuring the talent, but now you've got to do the player development part, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. you know, the Padres have a decidedly mixed track record in, um, <laughs> to put it kindly. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. And you know, but you know, you don't at the same time you don't necessarily want to um, blame the current people in charge of that stuff for sins of the past. So, um, you know, on paper right now, it looks pretty darn good and it's pretty exciting. Um, uh, we'll see where we are in five years. Hopefully some of that, some of that talent, you know, you know, there's going to be attrition of course, but you just, 
you hope that some of it comes through um, in in some form and is either useful to you as a um, member of your ball club or or in procuring other talent through trade or or however however that plays out. But um, it's I, at the very least, at the very least, it's really nice to see the commitment. Um, and this is this is how I felt when they did this again under Alderson's uh, watch, where you know at least there's that commitment being made to the international market. Um, it may not work every time, but I I do believe that that's um, that's a great way to build a farm system and, and a great way to build an organization. Definitely, it's it's all about longevity and and you know giving money to these 16, 17, 18 year old kids isn't necessarily going to pay off. I mean, they're not all going to pay off, but you sway the odds in your favor. You, you stack the deck in your favor. You, you bring in a bunch of them, and hopefully half of them, a quarter of them, are, are successful major leaguers. And then on top of that, you have the major league draft where you're getting a little more developed players or a little more players that you're more uh, aware of their skill set, if you will. So instead of the old regime where we just relied on the draft every year and tried to pick up talent and, uh, you know, I, we we brought up the the crazy names that were selected by this team with first round draft picks. It's it's just uh, it was frustrating. <laughs> but now we kind of have a, a fail safe, if you will, uh, young kids from sixteen, seventeen, eighteen that you know provide a little more depth in, in the system. I mean, the, the team just released a couple of good pitchers the other day. That the, you know, Yimmy Brazaban and uh, Zach Lemon, who were oh, decent no. prospects at one time for the for this team. So. When when you see the Padres make moves like that, you 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 know that they have confidence in a lot of these young players, and they're sending a message to these kids that that you know it's time to progress, it's time to put big boy pants on and and make the next step. Yeah, for sure. I mean, having that kind of depth is awesome. For sure, it is. And and you know, speaking of depth, let's let's get into Josh Naylor a little bit. Uh, hmm. He's got to be a frustrated individual right now with the acquisition of, of Cosmer. Uh, I know they, they put him in, in left a little bit uh, in the beginning of pro camp to see what he has, but wow, it's got to be frustrating for him. Give me your thoughts on, on Naylor. Well, I, I think the bat's going to play. Um, That's an interesting uh, visual of him in left field. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think the bat's going to play. Um, you know, it was always a curious move when we acquired him anyway, because he, he was, there were questions with the glove, even at first base. And it was, um, thought by many that he was an eventual DH waiting to happen. Um, of course, if the national league events ends up, uh, adopting the DH, that becomes less of an issue, but, um, yeah, um, he, it seems to me there's going to be a place for him somewhere and that it's. Probably not in San Diego at this point, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, that's that, that's a, he's he should be a valuable asset to somebody, which means I don't know, maybe go get some pitching. Yeah, yeah, we we all know AJ loves to to stack the the deck and and there's going to be a time where this team's going to have to deal prospects mm-hmm. uh, in order to get a little bit of pitching help, a little bit of uh, utility infielders or, or whatever they feel necessary. So uh, we're going to have to trust that their evaluators within the system themselves can make the right moves because you don't want to deal Josh Naylor and have him just go off and become a perennial all-star. But right. there, you know, I think that that's naturally what every Padre fan fears. Whenever you deal a young player, we, we automatically think of Corey Kluber. We automatically think of, you oh, know, man. Ozzy Smith or anybody. I mean, it just, it, it, Rizzo. It, Rizzo. There you go. Trey Turner. <laughs> Trey Turner. Yeah. Sorry. I'll stop. Yeah. Please stop, yeah but you know, but you know, the flip side of that though is like, I, I mean, that's true. I mean, that's. I mean, it is. It's painful to recount all those. You know, who wants to think about who wants to think about Ryan Ludwig ever again? Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, but the flip side of that is, you know, I mean, landing Tatis for James Shields. How awesome there is that? Go. There you, know? you go. That's why you're the blog father. <laughs> Get the the positive vibes going. Yeah. Who cares that we had to pay James Shields some money to the White Sox? It was it was well worth it. Oh, totally. Well, yeah, well totally. worth it. And that's their opening day starter. They're all happy about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he ain't got uh, nothing yeah. on Clayton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Uh, well, Jeff, 
we we could we could be here all night uh, conversing with you about Padre baseball, man. Thank you so much for spending some time. Uh, anything you'd like to hype before we get out of here? I know you're you're writing some pieces for the Kemp Faith now. You're doing some stuff for Crooked Sport Scoreboard, uh, as well as uh, obviously your uh, baseball uh, baseball perspective stuff. Uh, give me just a little bit of hype on, on where we can find your works uh, nowadays. Um, yeah, mostly my, my work kind of appears sporadically these days. So, um, just look for me out there. Um, I do have some baseball prospectus books out there right now. The, um, BP annual has been out for, I guess a month or so now. Gosh, I guess. Yeah. And then we've got, uh, another book, Diamond Insights that came out, uh, I guess that's been out a month or so too. And that one's out there. And then we've got the, uh, just finishing up work on the futures guide, which has all of many of the aforementioned prospects that we were just talking about. Yeah. Uh, as well as others. Um, so that should be coming out hopefully. Well, as soon as I'm done with it, awesome. <laughs> really <Awesome>. soon. Awesome. <laughs> so how, how's, how's the home brewing going? You, you getting any, uh, potential Padre ales coming up? <laughs> it's been a lot of fun actually yeah yeah we're gonna actually i'm gonna brew a uh uh we, we were uh uh Wo bryant from woe doctor uh, and i were talking uh about uh date shakes uh the infamous date shakes out past yuma on the way out to spring training uh-huh. and we were and we were thinking how can we make a beer that uses dates so we're gonna go and brew a beer that uses dates on tuesday nice nice <laughs> You're the, yeah. the mad scientist, right? You got it's a, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> that's, that's We're just awesome. like, let's see what happens. Yeah, you never know. Hey, you, <laughs> you never know, right? You gotta, you gotta try it first, right? It, it uh, might yeah. only be a little terrible, <laughs> yeah, it might, or it might be the me- next best thing, the next biggest thing. You never know, right? Uh, thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us. Uh, you're a wealth of information. We're excited about the season. I know you are. Uh, we will have you on again as the season starts to unfold, and, and we'll do some analysis on, on these 2018 Padres and, and see exactly where we're headed. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good one. Take care, Jeff. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, the blog father himself, Jeff Young, uh, giving us a little information on the Padres. It was good to talk to him about uh, things like the Hosmer and De Los Santos uh, trades uh, and the Hosmer signing uh, and really got his uh, his opinion on that so it's awesome to hear him uh, talk about those things uh, pretty good show Patrick I, I love having Jeff on he's uh, he's always a good guest yeah man he's a blog father for a reason so uh, always good to hear his thoughts about the team and kind of where they're headed and um, looking forward to seeing how the season unfolds Yep, I think we are good to go. Uh, thank you, folks, for joining us on this is episode ninety of the East Village Times podcast. Uh, Patrick, go ahead and send us out. Yeah, uh, we're hosted on Podbean. You can find us there. Um, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we'll be there. Um, we're on Twitter at EVT Podcast. Uh, James is at EVT underscore News at EVT underscore J Clark. I am Patrick Brewer ninety three. Looks like we're not going to make it to hundred episodes before opening day, but that's okay. We'll get there eventually, right, James? Yeah, we'll get there eventually. We're working on it. We're working uh, on it. Yeah, we're working on it. Uh, East Village Times podcast is signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.